Welcome back to the podcast, Talk About It. I'm your host, Perea, and every episode, I welcome a friend onto the podcast so we can talk honestly about our own experiences in the hopes of erasing the stigma around mental health and therapy. On today's episode, I talked to my friend Kelly about anxiety, especially how it's affected by COVID-19 and quarantining at home. Then we switch gears and the topic gets a bit X-rated as we discuss sexuality, relationships, the concept of virginity, and online dating both during and before the pandemic. If you're a parent, especially mine, this is for you mom, please proceed with caution. I sound like one of those announcers. Listener discretion is advised. Let's get to the episode. Today I have a very special guest all the way from the Netherlands. It's my friend Kelly. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Kelly, I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. You've said it so many times and I just can't do it. It's Flemish, right? Yes, it's very Flemish. Can you say it? It's pronounced Koenings. Koenings. Koenings, yeah. And even people people here can pronounce it, but they can't write it because it's Flemish. Yeah. So at the end, you have N-C-K-X, which is like, sounds made up. Yeah. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I just can't. I'm not even. <laughs> but I also get it because I highly doubt you can pronounce my last name. So it's fine. Yeah, true. <laughs> It's true, though. We're just Kelly and Priya. That's how we know each other. KKMP. KKMP. <laughs> so I always start off the podcast doing a little blurb in case it's anyone's first time listening. Mm-hmm. The podcast Talk About It is just about discussing the importance of talking about mental health and therapy and just like everything that encompasses. So whether it's like depression or anxiety or relationship stuff and just kind of talking about the importance of not keeping that stuff to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's important to at least have someone, whether it's a friend or family member or partner who you can confide in and talk about stuff so you're not like suffering alone if you're going through some shit. Because I do find that when you talk to someone about it, not only are they helpful, but sometimes you find out that you're not going through that thing alone. Like there might be a friend who's like, I'm actually going through that same thing or I did before. So you can kind of talk about it and it really, it helps. And obviously it's no substitute for a trained professional, but it's better than just like keeping shit to yourself all the time. And because it can get real lonely if you think that like you're going through this crap all by yourself, you know? Very true. Kelly, no, she's nodding. Yeah, I'm not. You can't see her, but she's nodding. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yes. Yes, it's true. Yeah, because talking, and sometimes we don't talk about stuff we feel that no one will understand mm-hmm. but until you talk about it you'll always feel that way so it's kind of like a circle especially because mm-hmm. there's like topics even today in 2020 for god's sake that are like taboo mm-hmm. or something that people feel ashamed of maybe yeah so yeah i think it's definitely important even like even if you don't like if you're afraid to talk to people outside of your friend group at least talk to someone that you trust yeah at least even having like one person who you feel mm-hmm. comfortable enough talking to and like that is so true because like with me and like my friends like and like obviously with you like we're all really talkative like we obviously talk about anything but there are certain things that I think especially until recently like maybe myself and like other people in general like would keep to themselves and part of it is just not knowing that it was something like not really knowing that that thing you felt was anxiety or something and like not really having a name for it so you're going through something and like don't even know what's going on so it's kind of cool that like nowadays there's like a little bit more like the stigma slowly going away and people are like starting to recognize things like depression and anxiety more and it's not just the way that we always see it like saw it or thought about 
about it before and what we thought like depression means. And now like it's kind of easier to spot. And I'm hoping and thinking that people are a little bit more like comfortable talking about that kind of stuff with their friends. Because I feel like even if you would talk about your about some stuff with your friends, you would keep that stuff to yourself. Like I know I did. So it's nice that nowadays people can kind of open up about that more. So yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. No, I feel the same way because I've always had people around me that I trusted, like obviously my friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't used to trust a lot of people. I guess I still don't. Like people would know, like my friends in high school, they would know if I liked or trusted someone when I would tell them my personal story. For me, it was a big deal that we moved from Belgium to the Netherlands when I was 13, I think. Which is like the age that you like you try to find your way and you have mm-hmm. like a best friend and or, you know, several best friends. And yeah, then... that's a big deal. Like you're starting to be a teenager. Exactly. And like, yeah. Try to find your identity. It's like a really hard time to move somewhere new. Yeah. And it's like especially maybe Canada and America wouldn't seem like such a big deal because it's probably like 150 kilometers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many miles that is, but you can Google that. Um, <laughs> so it's not even that far. It's just like but it is a different country and the people here, especially the uh, I mean adults too but I came here in like yeah when I was like 13 so trying to find my way and then I also broke in my arm that year oh no <laughs> so it sounds so silly but it, it was pretty serious actually so I didn't go outside as much as I would have wanted oh no yeah and then obviously I started a new school mm-hmm. and luckily there was a girl who had also just moved to where I live now still live mm-hmm. so we kind of bonded over that so that made it a little bit easier and I always like told myself I wasn't gonna make new friends and I was gonna hate it here and maybe we'll go back home and then of course at that age you don't realize that it's not a fairy tale or like a Disney movie right Mm -hmm. your parents don't just decide to move somewhere and then because you don't like it you move back right yeah they're gonna be like you're just gonna have to learn to like it sorry yeah so and (laughs) I always told myself that but I'm like very outgoing so I just like opened up to a few people and then you know one thing led to another and then you start telling people how you feel and then it does make you feel better Mm -hmm. I only realized that later like looking back on it that that's what really helped I don't know it's just like you come to realize and especially now that you when you're older and you have more like serious issues like mm-hmm. in the sense of uh your adult life yeah and then exactly not not to like downplay any issues you could have had like as a child or a teenager or whatever but mm-hmm. it's more like I don't know you look back and you're like everything's maximized and yeah. you kind of know like what they are now mm-hmm. like you're able to recognize them more exactly which whereas makes when you're younger you don't really know what's happening no true and that sometimes makes it even more terrifying really so mm-hmm. totally <laughs> yeah like you said like especially with anxiety mm-hmm. so I recognize now that I used to have it like quite a lot when I was in high school mm-hmm. uh, especially with the move but I didn't realize what it was because I just didn't know what it was right yeah no I do and I'm like you just think you're like you just think you're sad because your parents like made you move mm-hmm. and like you were but like it, you weren't able to understand there was like more to it too like the anxiety of like feeling lonely and not knowing anyone and like am I gonna make friends are they gonna like me Am I going to like them? Because there's also that whole thing of like, maybe I'll make friends, but maybe they'll suck compared to my friends at home, you know? So like you have this like anxiety of like, what if my new life isn't going to be as good? Which is also very, especially for like someone who's 13 or just like, you know, in their teens, like that is kind of what you think about the most, right? Like that stuff's really important. Yeah, friends and, you know, yeah, trying to find your place, like we said. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that it was weird. And then obviously with boys, it was very different because I've always been like one of the boys, Mm -hmm. you know? I was Mm -hmm. always like playing 
football and or soccer <laughs> and you know climbing trees and whatnot you know following the crowd and then when I came here it was so different because all of the girls my age they were like wearing mini skirts and heels even sometimes and I was like okay and they were like wearing makeup and I always like kind of resisted that side of me mm-hmm. not that you like you don't have to wear makeup when you're a girl but to me it that became you a whole at the thing time. yeah no and it's still I mean I use like minimal makeup but it's still like mm-hmm. I was like actively resisting mm-hmm. because in my mind I was like I'm not a girly girl you know I think a lot of girls have that I also went through that stage when I was younger mm-hmm. I mean my best friends have always been girls but I've always made friends with guys like very easily mm-hmm. and I also kind of felt that way when I was younger and I had this kind of like internalized misogyny even <laughs> as a little kid of like I'm not like that I'm different I'm one of and it's just like it's so funny because we're kind of like fed that these girly things are uh-huh. like weak or inferior so we want to be like I'm not like that and like you can you can not like makeup or not want to wear a skirt and like that's totally fine but it was just this idea of like wanting to purposely resist it because you think it's like uh-huh. stupid and you're better than that but at the same time it's also like kind of shitty to like feel like you're being pushed into that if that's just not you like maybe you just weren't at 13 ready to do that or maybe that's just like wasn't your thing like you could be 13 or you could be 30 and just be like mini skirts and makeup are not my thing right yeah and like it doesn't have to be that you think it's bad it's just like when you move somewhere and everyone around you your age all the other girls are a certain type of way and you don't feel like that it's hard to fit in and then like you feel this peer pressure to like do what they're all doing but you just like I don't feel like myself if I yeah, do this true. right yeah luckily they were very accepting so it's not like I was like an outsider or anything but it's just like it made me feel different mm-hmm. I don't know at some point like maybe when I was like 16 I started wearing a bit more girly stuff and then it started feeling because I wanted to wear it you know not because course, yeah yeah so and now I'm just like I don't even know what, why it was such a big deal but maybe because whatever you see in the media and like what you said like maybe people see it as weak which it isn't like you can wear heels and a miniskirt and be the fucking badass bitch in town right exactly it's true yeah because even like when one of the girls that works at the grocery store that I work at she's like I think she's 17 mm-hmm. she's like well she's not tiny but she's very skinny and she's kind of quiet and then she loosens up a little bit when you get to know her and then mm-hmm. she's very nice and she has a very soft voice and then all of a sudden I found out that she's been doing taekwondo for like I don't know 12 years and she's so good at it she could kick anyone's ass and I'm like and you would never Whoa, expect good. it no you would never expect it I was like good for you so it's so funny that that's so cool yeah so it doesn't like mean anything if you're like into it really doesn't yeah I always think about this show that I worked on I can't remember if it was one of the hair girls or the costume girls she looked like very very girly like she had her nails done her hair done like and she made a point of like every day no matter what time we start and sometimes we would start like at three or four in the morning she's like no matter what I have my hair and makeup done for work so I had like this idea of what she was like and not even a negative idea but I was like oh, okay that's like her whole thing her whole jam and then the more I talked to her I found like she was like super funny and she was like just like really bold and stuff and then I always remember once it was like a Friday and everyone was talking about like what plans they had for the weekend and she's like oh I'm getting my nails done tomorrow and then I'm going kickboxing on Sunday nice. and it just seems so like oh like it was just cool that you could be like opposite ends of the spectrum and like it didn't seem like she was trying to like impress anyone it was just like very genuine because we were like what's everyone 
up to? And then I was like, oh, cool. Like, get your nails done and then go and kickboxing. Like, it's fine. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't think, like, one is better than the other. It's just, like, be who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Do what you like. I agree. Fuck all the haters. I have to say, I was really good at filtering out the haters even when I was, like, younger. Really? Yeah, I was really good at it. Yeah, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Because I was, like, teased a little bit in school. I wouldn't say I was bullied, but I was, like, teased because I was so skinny. I was, like, really, really skinny. Mm. And my teeth were very prominent. So that was another apparently very funny Kids are so cruel. Yeah, I know. Kids are mean. But I don't know. I could just, like, somehow, not all the time, but usually I could just shrug it off and be like, you know, um, whatever. Sometimes it would hurt, but, you know. I admire that so much because even now, I am so bad with that shit. I'm trying to get better at it now with kind of being, like, repeating that, like, mantra of, like, those who matter don't mind and those Uh who mind don't matter kind of thing. Because it's like, why the fuck are you focusing your energy on people who don't fucking matter? Like, why are you worried about what they think if they're going to be dicks? Like, screw them. So I'm trying to work on that, but I used to be very... And I say used to be like up until like a week ago. Like I'm talking <laughs> like this was always. Like I'm, it's a work in progress. But it's, um, yeah, it's really cool to hear other people be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it depends on who says it. Of course. Yeah. It always hurts more coming from someone who's like really close to you or someone mm-hmm. you admire or like if it's a crush or something. If they say it, it's like a fucking arrow through their heart. I know. Like, oh, how could you? <laughs> you know, it's just about like, don't focus your energy on those people who shouldn't matter anyway. Like who cares what they have to say? Yeah, and I, I also, like, I feel like now, now that I'm older, yeah, it sounds so, again, it sounds so cliche, but it is true. Like, you put things into perspective, and then you look back, and you're like, okay, that didn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. why was it such a big deal then? Because, like, when you're younger, you feel like the whole world, like, revolves around you because you don't realize that it doesn't. Yeah. It actually really doesn't. You don't have anything else to, like, care about or care for, and, like, you're so young that, like, every little thing is such a big, like, fraction of your life. It's mm-hmm. such a big deal. So, like, every little thing like that feels like the end of the world and you feel like you're going through like so much and then you look back on it and you're like no oh my god no <laughs> i was so naive if only i could go back and be like listen <laughs> this doesn't matter it's true when you visited here last in november it's actually funny because i think one of the first days you guys were here i dropped you and our friend carla off in uh, downtown because i had my very first ever like full therapy appointment do you remember yes i do i was like yeah i can drop you off downtown because like i have an appointment and like i didn't even want to talk about what it was i was like i <laughs> and you guys like, what's your appointment? What is it? Tell me everything. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to therapy. And it was mostly like, it wasn't that I was ashamed about it. It's just like sometimes telling people like, they're just like, why? Did something specific happen? Like, what is it? Like, so I just kind of was a little bit like, is she going to judge me? Or like, not even that. I was just like, is it going to seem stupid that I'm going? But instead you were like, wow, I'm so proud of you. Like, that's so adult of you for going. Like, that's so cool. Hope it goes well. Like, it was just really like supportive. <laughs> yeah, because I believe that there's like this whole stigma about finding help mm-hmm. or especially mental health mm-hmm. but I have a, quite a few friends here that I don't see phys- like in real life often but then again neither do we so yeah exactly it's, it's not an indication of how close of a friend you are because you're actually one of my closest friends we, we talk, talk every day yeah we have a group chat going and we talk every day yeah we've been friends for six years but we've only seen each other in person five times yeah but each time was just like a few like weeks yeah. we've been friends for six years and I think of you as one of my closest friends yes 
same. So like it doesn't have to be in person all the time. Yeah. But a few of my friends here, they have mental health issues Mm -hmm. and they're very open about it. It's not like we don't talk about it every day, but it's more like it's very normal to just like hop into our group uh, WhatsApp and be like, hey, guys, you know, this week has been rough because of, you know, whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know, so I might be quiet for a little while, but don't worry, I'm fine or I will be Mm -hmm. or I'm not fine, but I will be. It just makes it so normal not to say normal like everyone's going through it but just normal to talk about it Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a very good thing and i think everyone in school should learn that that is a thing totally i have no idea how it is in schools right now obviously because i'm not in school and i don't have any kids so i don't know Mm -hmm. but i do i do know that when i was still in high school there were there was like a person that you could talk to like a counselor like a counselor yeah so and i never went because i i had my friends i know we had them too and i never thought about it because i feel like unless it was like super super serious and even then i went on two occasions and i didn't even like looking back like i don't even know how i did because I never really considered them like an option. Like I thought they were more like academic counselors. Like I never considered them as like go to because you're having something rough. Yeah. But yeah, like they did exist. Yeah, they exist here too. But it's like, I feel like also in the media and on social media is becoming more accepted and more mainstream, I should say, maybe. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I think that's all for the best because we all struggle with issues and some are very serious, some are not, but feel very serious and I feel like they should be addressed if you feel like you want to talk about it. Yeah, well, like, that's what, again, like I mentioned, like, I've always been comfortable, like, talking to my friends about, like, general things going on and we've always been very open with each other, but I think especially in the past year or two, quite a few of us have started going to therapy and then even the ones who haven't have, like, kind of benefited from the others going because we're been talking more openly and honestly and like even though we always talk now it's like way more vulnerable and just having like the right words and terms to describe how we're feeling kind of like before we didn't have it and now we're able to kind of like know like oh what I'm feeling is anxiety and we're able to even say like um when like certain things like about COVID or like giving us like a lot of anxiety or this or that and just like just saying it mm-hmm. and like you're not even saying it because you're expecting your friends to like cure you or make it better <laughs> but like you said too in your WhatsApp chat just saying to people who you trust I'm going through something right now but like I'll be okay I know I will but just like even saying that it's good because then like those people can then be there for you or at least be respectful of like oh she's going through something right now you know because like sometimes if you are having like if you're really anxious or you're feeling kind of depressed because of like outside factors Mm -hmm. it can also affect how you're interacting with people and how like you're reacting to stuff like you might be more irritable or just like generally just maybe like have a shorter fuse or whatever because you're going through shit and then like your friends can also be a little bit more empathetic and realize like oh because she's going through something instead of being like what the fuck was that (laughs) you know like you can just kind of like you're like there for each other even if you can't like we're not therapists we can't like solve the issue but just like you know knowing and being there for one another yeah exactly it's like really really helpful instead of again like suffering alone and to get it off your chest too even if you're like because what i used to do when i was uh, in my teenage years, I was on Life Journal. I don't know if you've ever heard of that website. Yeah, it's like blogging, it's right? It's like kind of like a blogging website. Mm-hmm. I used to go on there every day. I basically lived on there, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to write fan fiction, <laughs> which was one of my uh, of things that I used did. to do to like, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course I did, uh, to spend my time, but also to like not think about the thoughts I was having. Or, you know, when I had a bad day, I could just like lose myself in Life Journal. And I don't know what that also happened 
helped because I had a lot of like online friends mm-hmm. uh, and a few of them are actually still my friends now mm-hmm. in real life. So that's pretty cool. Which kind of like a modern day Instagram, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, no, totally. I, I, yeah. yeah, I used to just like write stuff that was on my mind. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I wonder if my life journal is still online. And of course it is because it's, you know, it's yeah. the Internet. Yeah. Uh, and I sometimes I like reread some of those posts. And I was like, some of these are actually really good. And some of these are just when I had a bad day, it was just stuff that used to like bother me for like having a bad day. And I was like, wow, I really let it like ruin my entire day when I could have just like learned how to, yeah, told someone or dealt with it. And then it would have been, mm-hmm. but it's just so, I don't know. It's not until you learn that it's okay because you're not complaining when you're saying to someone how you're feeling, right? Mm. So No, of course not. You're not whining. You're like, listen, I'm going through this. And sometimes even like saying it out loud helps. Mm-hmm. Like I even have, this has happened a lot during quarantine, especially I think just the fact of like not having like many social interactions with people for a few months because of like quarantine and like all that stuff. And then even like the people you do talk to it's like like usually like zoom or whatever like you know online it starts to really get to you without even know you knowing it's getting to you and like a couple months ago it was really really impacting me because like i was in the beginning stages of therapy which something that like i didn't even consider would happen and i think it's important to talk about is like I am so happy I started therapy. It has been so, so helpful. But something it has done, because I'm only in like the first seven, eight months of it or something. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, and apparently even throughout, because you're like examining yourself so much and, you know, talking about yourself, you're noticing things that you may not have noticed before because you're kind of going on that journey with your therapist Mm -hmm. and finding reasons for things. Like you talk about stuff in the past and then you find out, oh, this happens because of this from my past or this happens because I'm like this or whatever. And as someone who already is quite like self-critical, I'm making myself even more critical because now I'm like recognizing every single thing and then like analyzing why that is. And then that mixed with the fact that I didn't really have any like interactions with friends or even like my mom or whatever for such a long time because of quarantining, it started to really perpetuate this like self-loathing in me because all I could do was focus on my flaws because like you talk about that stuff to find the root of it. And like I was having a super down day. My boyfriend was like, what is going on? I didn't want to talk about it because like it sounded so stupid. Like in my head, I was like, I don't even want to say it out loud. And he was like, just talk to me, talk to me. And then like finally I did. And like even just saying it out loud felt better. And then like a couple weeks later, I was talking to my friends in our group chat and then like the topic of therapy came up. And then I mentioned this like feeling of like self-loathing or whatever. I'm like overanalyzing myself. And all of them were like, oh, same, literally (laughs) same. They're like, that's what happened to me at the beginning. They're like, that is so common at the beginning. Like that made me feel so much better to know that I wasn't alone in feeling that way. And that it kind of was part of the process and like it'll get better, but like maybe even a year or two down the road, it might still be there to like a lesser degree. And it's just like all part of it. I just kind of wanted to mention it because I feel like I'd always heard about like all the positive impacts of therapy, but no one had ever mentioned that that would happen, like (laughs) that downside. But I'm so happy I said it because like I felt better since I said it to friends and then had them reassure me that like it's totally normal. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any personal experience with therapy, but I feel like I do know, like I hear from my 
friends who do have who are going to therapy or did it once before or whatever. But relating to COVID, it makes things worse because you are quarantined. And I was lucky enough, like I just have I have a full time job. So mm-hmm. and I could also get out of the house. I had a reason to go out of the house as well. So that was good. So for me, I feel like it was I mean, maybe not easy because it was still like mm-hmm. a situation where I felt like what is going to happen to the world? Right. Mm-hmm. For us, it started, uh, I think, late February. Mm-hmm. Um that's when they started seeing the first official cases. And that's when everything was still like, oh, it's just a bad flu. Why is everyone so worried? Why is everyone like overreacting? And then mm-hmm. you kind of like go along on that feeling because that's that's what you see in the media, right? Mm-hmm. And then things start getting serious and things start getting canceled. And then, you know, before you know it, you're quarantined at home and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And yeah, then, you're like, oh, this you know, is you have to, like, serious, serious. Like, I know. Actually and happening. then the media are making things even worse than they already are, mm-hmm. making you feel worse because mm-hmm. you're like stuck inside all the time. And then again, for me, I like I have a pretty big apartment. I have good neighbors. You know, we have the video chats and everything. So I feel like I came through quite well, actually. But still, mm-hmm. I had days that I was so anxious I couldn't get anything done. Like my stomach would be nuts, mm-hmm. and I would just be like thinking about what if I'm never going to be able to see my friends again who live like abroad, you know, because there were no flights, you know. And I was like, what if it's going to take forever? And then mm-hmm. because no one knew anything. Like, it's the whole uncertainty of it. The right. fact that we don't know what's going to happen next because nothing like this. Well, not nothing. Like, I guess there was a hundred years yeah. ago. But like not to this level in our time. So like experts can have like really good mm-hmm. educated guesses, but it's still like we don't know. We can't see the future. And like, yeah, that was a huge thing. Because again, like we had scheduled, we had just booked our flights and our Airbnbs to go to Hawaii in May, like a week or two before it was like official that like social distancing was being put in place in like yeah. most parts of the world or every part of the world. And like, I also was like, wait, so that seems like it's probably not going to happen. When can I travel again? And like, I am a big traveler and I know you are too. Like, I love to travel, but not even just for the sake of like seeing other parts of the world, but also for friends like you who live in the Netherlands or other friends who live in the States or like whatever. It's like, does that mean I'm never going to like see them in person again? Like, it is really scary. Just the whole uncertainty of like, when is this going to be over? And then even when it's quote unquote over... Is it ever gonna like? Are things ever gonna be back to normal? Yeah, like fully normal. Yeah, you know? do we like? Do we want like? That's a whole thing too. Do you want things to go back to normal? Because normal kind of. I mean, it didn't suck, but obviously you don't see it that much now because it's. I guess media doesn't think it's like interesting anymore. But you could see that you know uh, the canals in Venice were like clean or cleaner, mm-hmm. cleaner than they had been in years. And then you know, um, obviously now the world is like starting to like get back to reality a bit Mm -hmm. and you see those levels you know they go up again but you see what it can do when people like take a step back and i felt that was also a positive thing to come out of it yeah even for a little while um and i feel like it could give mother nature a break yeah there's definitely lots of positives to it obviously we all know the negatives obviously we all know yeah and it's like different for everyone yeah yeah not to take this whole thing into a COVID thing 
But it's like, you know, it just changes things. I'm happy we talked about it, though, because I, I can't have someone from Europe on and not talk about it because I think it's interesting how it's different in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Everyone is dealing with it differently. So, like, we can't ignore that. True. And honestly, it, it also connects to mental health because it did really affect a lot of people's and is still affecting a lot of people's health. Like, I know a close friend of mine at the very beginning because she's such an extrovert. It was really affecting her to socially quarantine, especially because she lives alone. So, like, at least some people who are living with their partners or who have roommates, even if they're quarantining from others, at least had someone. But she just moved into a new place where she was living alone. And then it was also like, okay, don't see anyone. And it was really, really, really hard on her. And then like, you feel like you can't complain because in the grand scheme of people getting sick, it seems like not a big deal, but it is because like for some people, they need that social interaction. And some people it hit them earlier than others. For me, I was fine at the beginning because I had also just finished a show where I was so fucking busy that I basically didn't see any of my friends for months like I had no time for anyone so immediately after the show ended quarantine started so the idea of like staying in and not seeing people I was like oh well I just had like three or four months of practice so like I'm fine but then I noticed recently just in the past couple weeks when I started to like slowly start seeing a few friends but like social distancing hanging out and like creating my little bubble of friends (laughs) I realized how much it was affecting me to not see people even though I was like I'm fine I was not fine (laughs) I think it's maybe like a coping mechanism too because you're like mm-hmm. trying to stay alive in a pandemic yeah but also mentally and physically. you don't want to admit there's a problem so you're yeah. like if i just keep saying i'm fine then i'm fine yeah true which i think goes for a lot of things mm-hmm, totally i mean sometimes i do believe it sometimes there are just things that you'll be like okay well i believe this is gonna be this is gonna be fine but i think it's mostly minor stuff mm-hmm. like it, you wouldn't say the same thing like when you break your leg you wouldn't be like oh this is gonna be fine tomorrow yeah it doesn't I work don't need like to see that a doctor i'm just gonna think it better yeah yeah. So it doesn't work like that. Sometimes it does. Like when you have a bad day because I don't know, um, uh, because it was raining all day and it's just like, oh, this is the worst day ever. And then when you like tell yourself or you and had like, like a bad interaction yeah. with like a colleague or something and it gets you down. But like telling yourself like this is just yeah. it's something shitty, but I'm going to get through it. It's going to get better. Like that can really help. Yeah. But it won't like- break your leg, but it can help. You. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely does help. And I, that's a good point. I think it was a bit of a coping mechanism at the beginning where like I kind of told myself everything was fine because it just helped me to feel okay with everything Mm -hmm. and because I hadn't seen people in so long anyway I was like whatever I obviously can do this but then yeah it really started to affect me yeah because we're you know we're social beings so it's true yeah and what I was saying before like I have a full-time job so I was always working Mm -hmm. so I would always have you know something that I could think about and people I could virtually interact with Mm -hmm. uh, for work and also personally but you were at home because yeah yeah yeah. so I I think I took I took like a week off like around the time that we were supposed to go to Hawaii just because I needed some time off work but then obviously I couldn't do much outside of maybe get a coffee Mm -hmm. and that was before things were open you could only get like to go so you couldn't go and sit somewhere and that's when I realized how hard it must be for people who were at home all the time yeah because I was just like laughing my way through I mean not really but you know going yeah. through it and be like okay well this is fine you know and I the thing is for me I don't see my friends in real life often even the ones that live close by mm-hmm. so I was already used to that so mm-hmm. in that sense it wasn't so different for me and 
you know, uh, when I went to get my groceries, I could still see the people that I worked with for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And then I would just talk to them and I would be there sometimes for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was like my social interaction, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, that really helped. So... I like realized when I when I had that week off and I didn't like do very much and I was like wow this must be so tough on people who are literally stuck at home and not able to do anything because mm-hmm. they don't have the excuse to go out and you know yeah yeah something else to think about other than the fact that the world's going to shit yeah exactly <laughs> and like it sucks either way because it's like for me like I said my so I work in film and my show ended and then a week later. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take like a week or two off because my show was incredibly mm-hmm. stressful. It was the worst show I'd ever worked on. And I was like, I'm just going to take a week or two off names. after the show ends. <laughs> yeah, let's name names. Let's talk about the producer, the director. Let's name some names and never work in film again. <laughs> no, but uh, I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple weeks off to like chill, like work mm-hmm. on my own stuff, like maybe apply for, you know, just all the stuff. And then, like, a week later, it was like, bam, quarantine. Like, you, you can't <laughs> no, do any of that. No, you are not. Yeah, you thought. And everything that was already in production was, like, shut down midweek and was like, don't come back tomorrow. And then anything that wasn't yet, it was, like, not hiring or whatever. So then I was, like, suddenly unemployed. And, like, for me, the main stress of that was the whole, like, when am I, how am I going to get paid? Like, how mm-hmm. am I going to literally survive if I'm not making money? And, like, it might sound superficial, but at the end of the day, we all know we need money to survive. Like, I had to pay rent i have to pay bills i still have to feed myself i have cats i have to feed and i was like how am i supposed to do that if i'm not working and then not only not working but not knowing how long i wouldn't be working yeah because at least if you know like i'm not working for like three weeks or one month or two months then you can plan accordingly but the fact that that number was just like a question mark Mm -hmm. was so stressful to me because i was like how can i even budget if i don't know how long i'm budgeting for and like thankfully like in canada as well i think in a lot of countries we have something called serb and it's been like a lifesaver because i wouldn't have been able to get here without it but it's also a fraction of what I made before so it's like all these things of like for me the main stress of not working was the whole like how am I gonna get by but it was kind of nice having a break from working a couple back-to-back shows that were insane and like very stressful and making me question whether if I even wanted to continue working in film because I was working these really 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 long hours waking up really early going to work coming back and not even having any energy to like do anything I just went straight to sleep like I wouldn't have any time to like hang out with my boyfriend or I wouldn't see my friends like it was like what kind this isn't a way to live because I don't get to fucking do anything and then I know with people who didn't get to not work people who work like in the service industry or like grocery stores and stuff then it was hard for them because they're kind of like oh great so we have to be on the front line and constantly like you know at risk of being exposed to this and like that's stressful in a different way where it's like you're still employed so that's good but you're like so I just have to work because <laughs> a pandemic and I just have to work. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, like the essential workers. Yeah, so yeah everyone's going through it. Yeah, for sure. Ones. No one's feelings about this are invalid. Like everyone's feelings are valid. Whether you exactly. had yeah. whether you had it easy or very hard or you felt like you would never like feel happy again or whatever you know mm-hmm. everyone's feelings are valid because we're living through a pandemic right so and yes there are positive things but obviously there are a lot of negative mm-hmm. things exactly but in the end we will be okay mm-hmm. the, qu- the question is of course when when is this going to be like sort of over mm-hmm. but I, i'm glad people are at least here being responsible and you know mm-hmm. it's good that because i know one of my neighbors she works in hospitality and she works in a bar and 
she was out of work. Mm. Same as you, basically. Yeah. Um, and we have like a similar system, like what you were saying. But still, like she has a dog and she has two cats and she has kids that she has joint custody over. So, Oof. you know, that's, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. So she was so happy when she could go back to work. And that's also when I realized like, whoa, how lucky am I to have mm-hmm. again, like I said, full time job. So, yeah, it's just like everyone is handling this differently and everyone is just trying to get through this. So, yeah, exactly. And I guess that circles back to talking about it, because I know we said because we talk on a basically daily basis mm-hmm. right on uh, on our group chat, even if it's just messaging, yeah. even if, if, if it's just to say that I accidentally made a fire in my oven. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> I actually did. I was when you said to. that like an hour <laughs> or half an hour before we were about to record, I was like, oh shit, are you going to be okay? Like, do we need to reschedule? Like, is your house burned down? You're like, no, it's fine. It was just on fire for like a minute. Yeah, it was just like a minute <laughs> and then no it was deal. out. Uh, that was some quick thinking though. Because I like within like 10 <laughs> seconds, I had like a wet cloth that to like maybe throw over it and then... I like kept the door shut because I was like, if there's no oxygen, there's no fire, right? Yeah. So and I was like, please work. Scientist Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> as far as my scientific uh, knowledge goes. So luckily, <laughs> it helped. Um, all you need so but with the whole covid business and us realizing we wouldn't be seeing each other in real life we set up these almost weekly zoom sessions and that helped so much too just to talk about stupid shit or serious shit and just like play games which was so fun yeah and then it really helped because you had like something to look forward to and you know it made things a little easier Mm, totally oh i was gonna say another thing that's funny Mm -hmm. is online dating in the time of covid 19. Okay. Yeah. I need to know what that's like. Cause I haven't done online dating in a while, but I especially haven't done it during COVID-19. For obvious so reasons. What? Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. And what is that like? Well, I haven't been on like Tinder or any of your regular dating apps for a while. Cause I just like, I'm so done with mm-hmm. men's bullshit. Yeah. And I know <laughs> if there's like someone listening now, he'll be he'll probably be like, not all men. Yeah. Fine. Have it whatever <laughs> way you want. But personally for me, it seems like everyone on a dating app is just on there to troll you. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I totally feel that. I mean, we could laugh about this. I mean, it's like. Right. So you go on and then you swipe and I'm very picky. Mm -hmm. I will be honest. I'm very picky. I need to have a spark with someone. And the thing is, like, how do you determine if you have a spark? Exactly. So that makes it hard. And I have a specific type, usually like more like a bad boy guy, but who's funny and charming. Mm -hmm. But again, how do you know if they don't have like something in their profile Mm. or some of them have one photo with sunglasses on blurry? And you're like, no. Yeah, that's always a bad sign. And then some of them have such good photos that you're like, holy shit. This is fake. This is fake. That happened to me once when I had, I had matched with someone. I was like, this person is too good looking. Like this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. And so I reverse Google image searched Uh the pictures. And sure enough, it was like a male model with a completely different (laughs) name than that. So I knew it wasn't even that person, not that it would be. And I literally just replied and I was like, so we're just out here catfishing people, huh? And he just like blocked me. Well, I can relate to that. Yes, I have had that. I've like become some sort of like catfish catcher, Mm -hmm. I guess. That's fun. Because I can tell. Yeah, I can tell 
so easily when someone's catfishing because usually they're not very subtle about it. No. Sometimes they are. I've had one time that I actually believed that they were the guy, mm-hmm. but then you still had all of these red flags. Don't want to video chat. Don't want to give their Snapchat or only give their Snapchat, but not like their Instagram or Facebook, you know? Mm-hmm. And let's face it, who doesn't have one of those at least? Yeah, you have to have something. Or like an up-to-date picture, like one from now. Mm-hmm. If you're like really serious about um, proving that you are who you say you are, mm-hmm. then you have a picture, right? Yeah. I mean, even if it's like ugly or dark, or whatever mm-hmm. you know anyway uh but some of them are so obvious like i would like them mm-hmm. on purpose mm-hmm. and then i would just troll the fuck out of them i would be like oh hey <laughs> do you want to meet up um and sometimes we get really annoyed because i was like they were actually trying to go on a date but then i got I angry because i was like I know that they're fake. So then I would obviously tell them, oh, have you heard of? And then whatever the model's name was or the Instagram name was. And then they would be like, what are you talking about? And I'm Mm. like, well, obviously you're not the guy who you say you are. So not stupid. Yeah, exactly. And then they would either block me or ignore me or deny. And I'm like, dude, no, do not. I literally have proof. What are you denying? Yeah. And then once or twice, this happened to me so many times, Mm. once or twice, they would actually explain why they were doing it. Oh, be like, this is like, why I'm catfishing? Yeah, they would be like, okay, well, I'll be honest with you, I look like the person in the picture, <clears throat> so that's why I took, uh, I used these, but my ex can't know that I'm on Tinder, so that's why I use different pictures. Why would your ex not need to know if you're broken up? I know! Who cares? If you're, Who it's such bullshit. It? I know! My ex can't know? What? Who? Why is... What? Why is that relevant? Even worse. Why is that relevant? Even that in itself, even if it were true, which obviously it isn't. It'd be like, so your ex has such a hold over your current life and yeah. what you do. Why would I want anything to do with you that you've broken up and you still can't do things for fear of your ex? It's like, so weird. Another tell that you have, it's like with poker, right? Mm-hmm. Some people have tells. Mm-hmm. And one of the tells with catfishes is like either they are way too hot, mm-hmm. but also when they're hot and they are so into you. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm not that great for you to be both hot and into me. I know. And like, it sounds horrible, but it is like that whole like too good to be true thing uh-huh. where it's like, mm, really, is Leonardo? Yeah, like is Leonardo DiCaprio gonna like look at me like a potential and be like this wife? into it? You're like something is up. I know. Uh, so when they're like too into, like they're pushing and they're like keep sending you texts, and when you don't reply, they send like a question mark, and mm-hmm. then that's when you know this isn't real. Totally. Actually, one time. I had I matched with a very good looking man mm-hmm. and I was like I didn't know I was like kind of having vibes that he could be a catfish but I wasn't sure mm-hmm. so I told him and I was like I'm not sure if you're real like or like if you are who you say you are mm-hmm. and then he got so aggressive and angry and I was like okay he's obviously a catfish and then out of nowhere he's just like precious because there's like this app called Badoo I don't know if that's like available in Canada but no, it's like I've never heard it, no. I don't know it's one of the dating apps and you can actually video chat with someone mm-hmm. if you like each other so if you have a match mm-hmm. so he actually video chat at me and I was like holy shit we're real and he was actually really cute but he was during the video chat he was so aggressive like how could you not think I was real why did honestly you need- it's like a little bit flattering like I feel like you shouldn't be so mad you should be like oh okay but like prove that you are in some way or another like you don't have to get mad like unless you're like, you were being rude about it but if you're just being like gonna be honest like you seem so cute that this is hard to believe that you're real like that doesn't seem yeah. that big a deal like why like calm down yeah because he was like why 
why would I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know. A lot of people do. So yeah. I was just not that naive anymore. <laughs> and then he was like so pissed off. It's so weird. It's like, okay, have you not like been on the app long enough to know that this is a thing that happens and I'm just trying to like, you know, make sure. But like I had like a similar but opposite situation <laughs> when I was on it years ago. I matched with this guy who was really, really cute. And I kind of also was kind of like, hmm. Like, this guy's a little too attractive, but he was, like, real, and I could tell he was real. And then we were going to, like, meet up just for, like, drinks or something, like, after I was on work, but it wasn't going to be for a few hours. And I went home after work, and I was just, like, just, like, chilling until it was time to get ready. And then we were, like, messaging, and I was, like, oh, we're still meeting up later, blah, 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 like, meeting in a public place, like, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And then he goes, like, yeah, like, why don't you send me a picture first, though? And then I was, like, no. And, like, here's the thing with me. Full disclosure, I'm not against sending nudes or whatever. Me neither. But it needs to be with someone who, like, I already have, like, something going with. Like, it's not going to be some rando who I haven't even met. Like, I need to at least meet you in person before I send you something. Agree. And, like, I haven't even met you yet. And then for me, I was so like, dude, you're being so impatient. Like, I'm going to see you in two hours. Like, just wait two hours. Like, what the fuck? Calm this isn't, the like... fuck down. And then he said, oh, I just, just want to make sure you're not a catfish. So he said that. And I was like, well, I have multiple pictures on my account of like different angles selfies but and then also like with friends that obviously were real and i think my instagram was also linked so like even if you thought those pictures weren't there like you could check so i said that and he's like yeah well i've been through it before and then i was like okay he just wants to see if i'm a catfish or not i guess that's legit like everyone goes through it if that's really it so then i sent just like a picture because i'm like if that's your reason you just want like a real life picture to be like here i am right so i was like okay legit but then he goes no i meant like in lingerie like, oh if you're here trying to make sure someone's a catfish or not, you don't need to like specifically request that. <laughs> That's when I knew it was like bullshit. Because I'm like, okay, this isn't about that then. This is about something else. And I was like, dude. I don't think that's necessary. Like, I'm literally about to see you in a couple hours. Like, I think you're being, like, a little aggressive. Like, calm down. And then he got, like, just really angry and was like, why won't you send it to me? Like, clearly, like, that's not real. Like, clearly that other picture wasn't you. And I'm like, if you don't believe that's not me, why would you? But, like, this is stupid. So then I just, like, literally ignored him. And I was like, just told, I told myself, I'm like, I'm not going to meet up with this guy anymore. Because if he's being this crazy now, like, there's no way I'm going to feel safe, like, being exactly, with him. And, like, this yeah. isn't worth it. And, like, I'm no longer interested. So I just stopped. And, like, I told him, I was like, I'm not going to send you one. Like, no. I'm not interested anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then like an hour and a half later and he was like, but we're still meeting up though, right? And I was like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, why would I still want to meet up with you? And then I was just like annoyed. So I blocked him. But at this point, I think he already had my number because I think I sent that picture on a number. So, I, so he said that I blocked him on the app and then also blocked his number. And like, I just went on with my day being like, oh, cool. Well, now my night's opened up. I can do whatever because I don't have to see this idiot anymore. <laughs> and then I get this text from an unknown number that I don't know. Hey, this is so-and-so's roommate. My buddy told me to text you because I guess you like blocked his number. <laughs> So, like, I'm trying for my number. And, like, his roommate was reaching out to me. And I was like, dude, this guy is, like, too keen. And then I told him what happened. I was like, yeah, your friend was being, like, way too aggressive and was being, like, this and this and this. So, like, I'm not interested. You can tell him that. And then the the roommate goes, like, okay, yeah, that does sound pretty bad. Huh? And then he goes, like, well, like, you sound cute, though. What about meeting uh... up with me? <laughs> Like, no. And then so I block his number because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this person is like trying to reach out for his friend. And then like within minutes, it's like, okay, but what about me? Like, come through. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I block him. I go to like 
go to bed later that night. I get a message from a third unknown number. Apparently he has another roommate. (laughs) (laughs) But like this time it was the original guy using his friend's number, his friend's phone and being like, hey, this is my roommate. Like, I just want to explain. I've just been like catfish before in the past. I've just been like fucked over like that. I just didn't want it to happen again. Like, that's all. I'm sorry for disappointing you. Like, just like giving me the sob story. And then I was like, that's not how this works. Like, if that's what it was, like, you wouldn't know. Like, I'm not stupid. So then I blocked him too. And I was like, I, this is insane. I've never had like three in a row. Wow. And then what's funny is I went to work the next day and I was just talking to a coworker of mine who also was like single at the time and um, was on the apps. And we would like, every once in a while, like get together. And like, we, we, when we would see each other, we'd be like, oh, so how are things going for you? And she was like, oh, I actually matched with this really cute guy the other day. And she showed me and it was the same. And then I told her my thing and I was like, well, I didn't see him in person. She's like, yeah, I matched with him. And then like I saw him outside of like this movie theater. We were like meeting up and like he was really cute and hot in person. But like we only talked for a little bit. And then he said he actually had to go and he left. <laughs> this guy sounds like the wow. worst person. Bad news. It was just stuff like that that made me like fucking hate online dating so much. Yeah. It's just so much of like that kind of garbage where it's like because every single person and because everyone does it it's so hard to do it any other way because like it used to be years and years and years ago when it first started it was like kind of there was a stigma around it and people were like ashamed to say that they were doing it and now it's like the literal norm like it is the way that people meet yeah so much so that if you want to not meet people that way it's like so hard because that's how everyone else is meeting people so like that makes it really difficult um to meet people in any way other than online dating because and then like even when you're trying to do it as well it's so hard to like make a connection with someone because like like everyone has either one or maybe multiple apps and they know that each one of those apps they have like access to hundreds of potential people in the palm of their hand so they don't make the effort to like make a connection with each person because mm-hmm. they could just as easily be like okay but what about this person or this person or this person it's just like when you go to get like ice cream and there's so many flavors that you're overwhelmed by all the options of it so like you have trouble choosing it's kind of like that it's hard for people to just like focus on one person they're talking to because like even when I'm with you I know that I could potentially be talking to someone else like a friend of mine when she she was doing it she said that she actually met up with someone and at one point she got up to go like grab their coffees or grab a cup of water or something and when she was walking back she saw that he was on one of the apps while he was on the date with her like swiping and then shortly after he said he actually had to go and left oh my god she was like you can't even commit to the fucking like date like the coffee date that you're on with me for longer than 15 minutes because you can't like you're so addicted to the fucking app I know like you're looking at other people even when you're with me that you can't even fucking finish the date and at least like see the person like what the fuck and I remember like years and years ago I had a coworker who was like this is kind of the beginning of Tinder I think when we were working on a show she was just constantly when we weren't working we were just like sitting like watching while they were filming she was just on Tinder the whole time swiping to the point that she was like I think I got a thumb callus from too much swiping <laughs> like she just did it to the point that it was like a game I used to do that too though I used to like I would sit for hours literally mm-hmm. in a day and I would just swipe and like I said I'm very picky so I think I counted once I had two 
hundred nopes for one like. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how am I ever going to find someone on here to talk to, let alone mm-hmm. interesting enough to actually go on a date with? So that's when I realized this is probably not going to work for me. Like I said, because I need to have like that spark with someone, I can't. Um, mm-hmm. And also because when I started out, I wasn't interested in hooking up for sex. Mm-hmm. And now I like the person I am now because I've changed, obviously. I wish I would have when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Because especially when I was like maybe 18, 19, 20, you know, you're like going off to college or university or whatever you do. And I didn't allow myself to have that experience. Yeah, because in my mind, I was like, I'm not one of those girls. Mm -hmm. I don't want like and it doesn't make any sense because I'm me. I don't have to be like Mm -hmm. one of anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's I think it's also because if you do that, you're seen as being a slut. Mm -hmm. So basically you're being slut shamed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still such a big part of our society. And I think worldwide, Mm -hmm. it's such a thing that like and it gets in your head. And I was like always one of the girls. I was like, I wouldn't judge someone who did it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it felt like I was protecting myself from having that status of being a virgin, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense like you should do it when it feels right for you right totally, yeah whenever that is yeah, yeah whenever that is even if you're like if you're 16 and you're fully on board with it and you're like you feel like mature enough to do it go for it if you want to wait until you get married that's fine too you know whatever age you mm-hmm. want to be even if you don't ever want to have sex that's fine too mm-hmm. but i feel like i should have like knowing what I know now, yeah. I should have allowed myself to like experience it. In hindsight, you wish that you're like, yeah. I wish I had experienced it more when I was younger so that like yeah. I would kind of like not know more now because like you said you do, but it's just I like if you'd already experienced it, then you Yeah. Could- it's just like I don't I don't regret uh waiting mm-hmm. until when I did, but I also think I don't know. I guess it made me into the person that I am today, but I also wish I could have been I could have let it go a little bit more because mm-hmm. there's like this whole thing about you losing your virginity and I'm like why is that even such a big thing or why should well, it that's like, the whole thing. like the idea of virginity is so like arbitrary and like I it's know. so archaic and it's mostly about the woman's virginity and like mm-hmm. I know I had that feeling too and like I don't even like to turn like use it that way like even when I'm talking to my friends about like oh when you lost yours I just hate even the term lost your virginity because it's I know. like I didn't lose it you shouldn't be losing <laughs> something you should be gaining something I know it's just so stupid but like because there's so much focus on it and like it's so in the I remember growing up and there were so many of those like high school college movies that were like centered around the idea of like losing your virginity and it was just like this pressure to lose it at a certain time because like it makes you look bad if you haven't yet by a certain age and it's like this pressure to do it even if like the person who you're with at that age like with me the person that I lost mine for lack of a better term I really hate calling it that um, (laughs) was not someone that I like in hindsight I'm really not happy that he was my first um but like I was at the age where like in society like that's the pressure mm-hmm. that you're supposed to lose it and then also there was a lot of pressure for him and he was also older than me which was like really bad so like in hindsight I wish I hadn't but it's because like you're like kind of feel and like you're told that you're supposed to yeah. and it's like you should, you should just do it when you're comfortable when you want to with whoever you're comfortable with and I had all these external pressures and at the end of the day like there's no point regretting it because we can't change the past true. you know but it is true it's like you can't help but like still think like oh I wish I had done it this way or I wish I had it done that way but it's more just being like I wish society hadn't like in your case made me feel like I'd be a 
slut for doing it at that age or for me, like society making me feel like I had to do it, you know, like it's all pretty fucked up. I mean, at the end of the day, you should do it when you're comfortable. As long as it's legal and consensual, that's all that matters. Yes. Whatever age. Two very important things. Yeah. (laughs) The only two things that matter. Yeah. But yeah, it affects your experiences now because of that, right? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I have so much fun. Mm -hmm. Obviously with COVID, it's uh, very minimal. I would say non-existent. How is it too? Because I've seen like those like screen grabs on Instagram, like of like people, like like memes, especially at the beginning, I think, where people were still doing the online dating thing, but like people like not like if one party wasn't taking it seriously so they'd be like oh you want to meet up tonight and then the other person would be like I can't because of social distancing and like quarantining and they'd be like oh man come on you're really going to take it that seriously like I promise I'm not sick and I've seen that from people just being like oh I'm supposed to just trust that you like that's not how this works like you can't just be like oh I'm not sick and I'm like oh, okay okay stranger <laughs> let me just come to well, your home even, even then you don't know because you could be asymptomatic and yeah you can be asymptomatic yeah. like it could be nothing like or like you could just not ha- know you have it yet because it's early days and it usually takes a while or you could just be an asshole and actually feel a little bit sick but like you don't give a shit because you don't take it that seriously and you just want your dick sucked. But you just want to put your dick inside my vagina. Yeah exactly. So it's just so stupid and I know like even experts are being like for all those who um, feel the need maybe you can do it virtually for a while (laughs) and like even experts are like telling people like basically just do it over video chat. Yeah I know I saw uh, I saw a few just a few not a lot um profiles that had uh, just looking for a COVID buddy mm-hmm. or a quarantine buddy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess when you decide to like shack up for like a month or like 14 days, I guess, you know, eh, mm-hmm. you know, if you get sick, you're like, it's the two of you and you get sick. Yeah. Both of you get sick and then, you know, it's your own responsibility. But I, I don't think I would feel very comfortable meeting up with someone now unless I absolutely was 100% sure. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's hard to do it with a stranger. Like, it's hard to do it with someone who you're talking to at the beginning. Like, it's one thing if you were talking to them before all this happened mm-hmm. and then you decided you already liked them enough that you were like why don't we just like quarantine together at one of our homes but like if it's already happening and then you start talking to someone you're like I don't know if you're worth it I'm not going to commit to staying in your home for I know. 14 days when I don't know if I can handle you for more than 14 minutes plus like not to get super in this but like as a as a woman especially like that can be really dangerous like you're supposed to like try to meet in public let alone we're going to do move into a person's house for 14 days we just met like and also it's like a big risk to take if you're only like hooking up for sex yeah, like you what said if, like, like you can't have a conversation with them because it's fucking boring <laughs> and what if the sex is bad like imagine that yeah. going through all that and be like okay well thank you for the 20 second mess thank you yeah that sucked it wasn't worth it you're boring and now I have to go in quarantine for 14 days yeah. this was not worth it fuck you yeah I'm never doing this again and then two years later you're still like oh well guess uh... <laughs> we're still here yeah but like you know that you didn't want to do it with that boring person yeah oh my god no it's like it's so i guess if you met someone and either online or in real life and you know you were both serious Mm -hmm. i think it would be different Mm -hmm. because then at least you know you can take your time and then you can like decide you know do we really want to like quarantine or i don't know yeah decide that we yeah but you would have to be serious so uh, and most people most people on tinder these days aren't really there for Mm -hmm. something serious right i know that there's so many different apps and like all of them are used for different purposes. I know, there's like different, I'm just like saying Tinder, but yeah. Like I've heard that Tinder specifically is like essentially a hookup app at this point. I mean, I guess it was in the beginning too, but. Well, one of our close friends, she and her boyfriend have been together for 
I think six years now. And they've been living together for a few years and they met off Tinder. So it's like, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah. I know. I know a few people. But it's not the norm. No. It's like, uh, okay, there's one story. It was, um, it was like a while ago. It was like 2017. The second time we went to Hawaii was 2017, right? Yeah. 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 I was just on Tinder and I matched with a very cute guy. And I was like, actually surprised that he seemed normal, like a genuine, normal Mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. And he even took, uh, like we exchanged Snapchat, like after half an hour. I mean, I have to admit, we were feeling it, and I was also feeling it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> also, some advice for people still listening is don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry because you will buy things you don't want to buy. The same thing applies to dating apps. Do not go on a dating app if you are feeling horny. <laughs> but having- yeah, you'll accept anything. It's like beer goggles. Yeah. It's like horny goggles. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> uh, in this case, it turned out well because he was actually really cute. So we exchanged Snapchat, and then he actually without question showed me that he was a person on the pictures which was nice Mm -hmm. so did I and things got a little heated and we'd only been talking for like a couple of hours and I was like I need to see this guy like tonight but he lived uh, he lived like maybe well he lived more than an hour away so which is by our standards is quite far you're probably in Canada thinking like that is just nothing no but but it is especially for someone that you just started talking to no I I get it that is it's still an hour in the middle of the night yeah yeah. how did you not get murdered what are you doing? I don't know. No, was, this was during the day still, but oh, I had okay. to work. Yeah, murders don't happen during the day. Exactly. <laughs> so I had work and I told him, let me know if you want to like go and have a drink here where I live mm-hmm. uh, after work and then we can meet up, you know, if we click, maybe we could go to my place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know, I'm really tired because he used to work like crazy hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, let me know by the time I'm finished work so I know if I like can go do anything else. And he was like, I don't know if I'm coming. And then, I don't know, he kept like being yes and no and yes and no and yes and no. And eventually uh, he said no. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just keep talking then. Mm -hmm. No harm done. We'll see each other next week, whatever. And in the end, I got him so horny that he jumped into the car at like 11 p.m., drove over an hour, way over the speed limit to come to my house. And I was sitting here and I had realized I'd just given someone who I'd never seen in real life before my home address. Yeah. Fully I'm saying, how are you not murdered? How are you I not know. murdered? And I still to this day think like, wow, that was one big gamble to take. Mm-hmm. But he came here and we actually clicked and it was it was nice. We had a good time. And I saw him again a couple of times after that. How good of a even, time, Kelly? How how good was the time? Uh, no, the the, the the time was the time was really good. I will leave it at that. Don't want to scare anyone away. Uh, <laughs> so no, the time was the time was uh, we had was fun. And I went to see him a couple of times, but he like I said he worked a crazy hour so I would hop on the train at like 10 p.m. and be at his place at like midnight he would pick me up we'd go to his place and then obviously yeah it was it was just fucking crazy but then the first time was at his place after we'd had sex he starts counting money like and I mean cash money like you see in gangster movies you see them like with a water cash and you know and I was like what what are you doing and he was like oh sorry I have to do this and I'm like okay you have to do it in front of me right now you have to really you you cannot wait until I'm asleep or go into a different room and just let me just do it like you have I don't think you need to do it right now there's no way (laughs) I know this is so crazy and he like 
I don't know how you say it, but it was his uh, income from working at a carnival, mm -hmm. and they used to pay him like legally, but they would also pay him like uh, under the table. Yes, I didn't know. That's why he said it. Yeah, that's yeah. like the same thing. The for phrase us. Yeah. is what? What is it in Dutch? Under the table? Is it the same? Uh, yes, or um, black. Pay them in black. I don't know, black money, whatever. It's, oh, that's a literal literal translation. Can you say it in Dutch. Uh, now I've like switched languages. That's so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, rest of the podcast will be all in Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, zwart in het zwart betalen. So is it kind of like German, like Schwarz? Oh yeah, similar or yeah, no? it's similar. yeah, yeah. It's actually very similar yeah. languages. Yeah. Um. So that was funny. I think, it, and I, I mean, I could laugh about it then. I could laugh about it now, but it was still so yeah. Weird. In hindsight, because you know you're alive. <laughs> yeah, true. At that point, I have to say, I was like, oh, should I get out of here? But then I was yeah, like, like, what's going on? I, I, I couldn't even. So um, especially because it sounds like such a weird excuse, like, oh, this is just the money that I got from the <laughs> carnival. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> What? Oh, you have to count your carnival money right now. Right now. Right now, as I'm sitting next to you, you have to count that carnival money. Okay, yeah. That's so it. crazy. He was actually like, when I was with him, is like, he was actually just like a sweet guy. Mm -hmm. And he would be respectful. And he would also be weird. Mm -hmm. Because, of course. And he would be very, he was very uh, materialistic. So uh, he would. That's why he was counting the money. Yeah. He obviously, like, I mean, I guess everyone can assume by now. Yeah. It's like pretty obvious that he was purposely counting it in front of you because he was trying to impress you. Because like, yeah, if he's materialistic, so. then he also assumes that you are, and he's like, I'm going to make her like even more interested by like, yeah. look at all this cash money. Whereas you're like, what the fuck I was are like, you doing? Put it in a bank. I know. I just, I was like, I don't know what to think, but I don't give, I mean, obviously I care about money because, mm -hmm. you know, bills to pay and, you know, travels to make, you know, mm -hmm. friends to see. Uh, you know, I like that I have a pretty well-paying job. I like it because mm -hmm. that means I can do what I want to do but I yeah, also but you're not counting cash money in front of no, essential strangers definitely not and I don't need to be a millionaire or a fucking billionaire mm -hmm. but I don't know I just I like my everyday comforts but I don't it's have to be it's not your most important no right yeah, like I've, you need enough to get by and do the things that you like but you're not someone like same with me like it's not something you find attractive in another person is that no. they're rich like that's just not you I mean it would I mean, be yeah, if they happen to also have a lot of money great but like you're not like that's not one of your main things that you're looking no. for so it's almost like off-putting when you see it when you're like what mm -hmm. is going on yeah yeah because i was like okay so at some point we were talking in the car and he told me he sometimes didn't even know what to do with his money because give it to he me. had so Tell much me it and to I was me. Like, yeah so i told him well give it to me so i can go on a holiday or we could go on a holiday together mm -hmm. and this we wouldn't we weren't even serious it was just like something i just said because mm -hmm. you know yeah uh, and he was like oh no no i think going on holiday or traveling is the waste of my money and that's when I knew this wasn't ever going to be serious. Like, this isn't going to work. This is never, yeah. You and I like, we're similar in that way that that's one of the things that we love to do the most and mm -hmm. like for me and I think it's a lot of our, a, like our generation too is a lot about investing like in experiences like that's what I like to do is I like to travel different countries Um. so yeah, if someone was like, oh no, I think that's a waste of money, it's like, oh this is 
yeah, this is this is yeah, this is not gonna work. It also is like probably indicative of having never traveled if you think it's a waste of money because it's like there's so much to see out there and you're here just counting your carnival cash <laughs> and staying put like mm, yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I I think so at least. Yeah, well, um, find his number again and just tell him he can just like wire it over to me. It's fine. He can just <laughs> send me the money. It's like no two years deal. later, be like, hey, well, actually, he would also text me like in the middle of the night, like three a.m or classic yeah classic fuck boy mm-hmm. and be like kelly and that is the only thing he would write number one i am asleep at two or three a.m and number two you are probably drunk or horny or both mm-hmm. and i am not what what do you think is gonna happen we live like over an, an hour apart do you really think anything is gonna happen now no mm-hmm. other times he would like in the middle of the day text me and be like hey do you have a photo for me like a sexy photo and i would be like no I do not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked, actually, and no, I do not. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let me check my uh, camera roll and let me just pick look at my album titled yeah. "Sexy Photos of Kelly." Exactly. <laughs> I think men actually think. I mean, maybe some women do. I mean, if you do, go you. I mean, yeah. to each his own. But I don't personally, mm-hmm. and I also don't mind mm-hmm. sending someone a photo now and then. Same. Never with my face on it. So they would never be able to like, you know, even if you distributed it, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I don't mind. And I wouldn't have minded it with him because I knew him and, you know, it could be kind of hot. Right. But he would always ask, like, whenever I was not in the mood, like yeah. I would be on my period or I would be busy with work and I would say no. And, and you're then, like literally like all at work and they're just like asking for it. You're like, I'm not going to use my 15 minute break to go and like, no. Send you. like, no, I'm not in the mood. Like I need to also be in that mood to do it. It, you know exactly and then okay this one time i sent him a picture that i knew he hadn't seen but wasn't like a current picture so it was like a few yeah, weeks yeah, ago yeah. or whatever because i just thought i looked cute in the set and i mm. just t- took a picture for me yeah, i've been there yeah and then i was like oh i look cute so okay might as well and then he asked for a picture so i send him that one without telling him it was an old picture mm. and then he didn't even say you look hot or you look good or whatever he immediately said that's not a picture from now and and then I was like, you can go fuck yourself. Wait, how would how did he know? I think because it was like not as light outside. I don't know. Okay, suddenly he's a detective. Like, you want a picture? Here's a picture. <laughs> I know. So I told him. I was like, you asked me for a picture. I feel like guys assume that we're always just like, even at home, like mm-hmm. sitting around in like lingerie when it's like, no, I'm in my biggest t-shirt <laughs> my with my underwear. Bridget Jones diaries underwear. Yeah, like, I don't want to have to get up now and like look all sexy. So then you send one that you have already where you look cute that you feel comfortable and it's still of you it's not fake but then they're like no I mean now and you're like look I don't want to he did that quite a lot and I was like so fucking done you should have been like send me some cash and maybe I'll do it (laughs) (laughs) I should have actually good idea send me that carnival cash yeah yeah so I can go on holiday for free yeah I think a little before COVID, he texted me again. Like, we hadn't, like, talked to each other. I still have his number, but I hadn't talked to him in, like, maybe even a year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, again, in the middle of the night, he texted me my name. Just my name. <laughs> With a few exclamation marks. It's almost worse than high. And high is already, like, less than bare minimum. And uh-huh. yet, it's even... It's almost like he's, like, summoning you. It's almost <laughs> like, Kelly, give me your attention. <laughs> Kelly. Like, you're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, that's my name. What? Yeah. 
So I didn't reply. And then he texted me again normally, like a normal person. And I was like, oh, hello. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, we haven't talked in a while. Would you maybe be interested in going for a drink? Yay. And I was like, well, at that point, I was just like, you know, maybe I will. Just, you know, for all time's sake, yeah. you know. And he was just literally talking about getting a drink and nothing else. He wasn't asking me for anything else. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? We will. We should. Mm -hmm. We'll talk later because I'm at work, blah, blah, blah. And then, like a few hours later, he texted me and he asked me, Do you have a picture? And I was so fucking done. It's also so funny to me. Like, I don't know, maybe I'll never get it. It's just like so interesting to me when they can be so persistent about that. When it's like the internet is literally full of pictures. Like there's porn for free. There's like Instagram models. Like there's so much out there that it's like, why do you have to harass me for pictures? I'm going to see you in two hours anyway. Like, oh if my you God. Need it, go find it. Like, why does it have to be mine? But it's also like changing the way because now I think more and more people are wanting like I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but it, it seems like the whole like industry of sexy pictures is changing where people are wanting less like professionally photographed photos and they kind of like that intimate feel more, which is why mm -hmm. it's like all about the whole like getting a nude from someone that you're kind of talking to, to the point that that's why so many people who also have like private snap accounts or if they ha have like, I don't know, like OnlyFans or Patreons or whatever, because the whole idea of it is to like sell pictures that look intimate as if it was like a girlfriend or or someone you were seeing mm -hmm. was sending them instead of like a professional photo shoot and then I guess it's like kind of the feeling that they get that it's like oh this person who I'm talking to who I'm into and who I think is into me is sending me a picture and it's like for me it's not like a picture that's just on the internet that could be for anyone it's for me mm -hmm. actually me and my current boyfriend would joke about this is we would call it a nude factory like I'm not a nude factory <laughs> I don't just like supply them whenever you need it like I have a life outside of this oh wow <laughs> I'm going to remember yeah. that one. That is genius. <laughs> I don't just like pump them out. Like, yeah, okay. What kind do you want? What kind of category? Are we <laughs> what for? what, what angle? What lighting? Uh, what outfit? What are we doing today? Yeah. Do you want it like very sexy? Do you want it like intimate? Do you want it? I don't know. Like, you know. It's never just one. Like, you have to take a few mm -hmm. to find the right one, and you got to pick the best one. It's never just, like, one and done. The first one's the right one, you know? So and it's like also, a whole thing. even if you get one, and let's say you get, like, two good ones, and then they get it, and all you get in reply is, like, flames give me another. or give me another, like, fucking ungrateful little bitch. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, which is why... <laughs> getting real fucking ungrateful little bit i used to get an actual i feel like he's gonna get mad at me if i say this but like get arguments with my boyfriend when sometimes i would send them to him and he would say cute and i would get <laughs> so mad like it was an actual point of i'd be like cute and like i could tell that's when i knew he was like distracted i'm like i'm not out here serving you quality photographs for you to half-ass distractedly look at them and call them cute I'm like you've lost your privileges for at least a week you're not getting another one because <laughs> you call it cute like cute We're just like cute. not properly appreciated yeah i totally know what you mean oh my lord i gave you my best angle yes i spent like half an hour taking twenty thousand pictures and like under, and then going like, through them finding the best ones for you and then you send me a fucking eggplant emoji yeah 
<laughs> wow. And the worst part is I can't even turn it around and be like, you send one. Because like normally I don't care. <laughs> I don't really let's, want one. Let's, let's be honest here, Priya. <laughs> I have never met a single woman who appreciates an unsolicited dick pic. Unsolicited, of course not. Never have I been like, mm. No, thank you. Yeah. Seriously, in a picture, I mean, just doesn't do it justice. Don't show me. Do not send me a picture. Especially when I didn't ask for it. I, I've had someone on one of the apps you could send pictures and then you could assign them seconds like basically on snapchat and i was like integrated into the dating app mm-hmm. which is still weird to me but anyways i was talking to someone and i knew he was like fuck boyish but i was like in the mood for it so i, I guess it was fine yeah, yeah. but all of a sudden in the middle of our conversation without saying anything he sends me a picture and i had already told him specifically said i do not want to get any dick pics from you mm-hmm. so i told him if this is a dick pic i am blocking you and he was like oh no it's not so I clicked it, and you can guess what it was. It was a thing. Oh, my pick. God. So he's like, oh, no, I was trying to send another one. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I accidentally got my dick in the photo. It's so big that it just... Suddenly fell out, <laughs> you know? And then he sent me another picture. So I was like, fuck you, this better not. And so I clicked it, and it was another dick pic. And I was like, Dude. Yeah, this goes to what you were saying before, where sometimes you just feel like you're being trolled. Yeah, it's so funny to talk about now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, I don't mean all men, you know that. Yeah. But it's just like men are so easy. And I wish I would seriously, like I said before, I wish I would have known when I was like 18 how easy men are. Yeah. They just want to get <laughs> Sorry, their dick man. into someone. They do. It's just true. Mm-hmm. And what what men don't realize is how low women's tolerance is for bullshit yeah especially my my own at this point i'm even like i'm surprised like how much i don't care versus like maybe five years ago well, i was gonna say that's part of the reason why again not all men but a lot of men go for like younger women because they're more likely to tolerate their bullshit because mm-hmm. part of the reason we're less likely is because we've been through it we're sick of it and we've experienced it whereas mm-hmm. like younger women yeah. are more likely to like tolerate it because they just haven't had it yet they haven't experienced it so they're more likely to be forgiving or not even know what the signs are the red flags are so they'll let it slide which is part of the reason like when i was 17 and i was dating a 20 year old like i let so much shit slide because i didn't have as much to compare it to true yeah um whereas like now i'm like oh my god i would never but like i didn't know and that's why he also went for someone younger even though 20 is not old but but even for him even 20 year old girls knew a little bit more than like you know, and it's also not not n- not necessarily the age, but the experience, like you said. And obviously, yeah, exactly. you can't you can't become the person you are today without having experienced what you have. Exactly. So that's also true. But you know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's fun to think about. You know, I always I, say like with him, I don't regret being with him. I just regret how long I was with him. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I know I had to be with him at the end of the day because like I needed to learn what I learned. And if I, I feel like if I didn't learn it with him, I would have learned it eventually with someone else, maybe later. But I just I kind of regret how much of my time and energy I gave to him because I was with him for two and a half years and I repeatedly did break up with him and we did have arguments mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'd break up and he was super manipulative. Like he'd always come crawling back. He was so persistent that no matter how many times I would say no and no and no, eventually like I would take him back. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, like that's the part I regret. Not so much being with him, but the fact that I'm like, why did I keep taking him back? Like why did I? <laughs> but it's like you learn now the red flags and what yeah, to look for. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like sometimes even like now if I would like meet someone and they will be 
fucking gorgeous. They would be funny. They would be charming. They would be whatever, you know, I was looking for in a guy. And uh, I would be willing to overlook a few flaws, right? Because nobody's perfect. Well, everyone's flawed. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's not like I am some kind of like miracle creature, but it's more like how far are you willing to go for someone who doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. right totally yeah. especially now because yeah. of course right now everything's like more complicated but even like regardless of like covid even before i was like if you're already like 20 minutes into the conversation asking me for nudes mm-hmm. or being difficult about it when i don't give them to you that's a red flag yeah and you can i mean you can choose to like to ignore it and be like okay well i i'm just in the mood for sex i just want sex and that's it good for you mm-hmm. but for me personally i'm so sick of it it's just like if you want to get laid just be decent you know yeah like you're more Throw likely to if you're just decent and like yeah. honestly like you were saying like it can be very tolerant of flaws because we all have flaws but like as long as there's respect and it's fine if you like have these little things about you but as long as like you're respectful and when you're not it's like i don't like if you had just been a decent guy who was like you know yeah you don't have to be quote unquote the nice guy just don't be a dipshit and like you probably would have gotten that and more naturally but you had to ask for 20 minutes in when i don't even know if you're worth it if they wouldn't like push so much Mm -hmm. it just turns me off Mm -hmm. i'm just like even when i'm horny it's just i'm I'm just over it right right up yeah (laughs) yep just like like you said you would be like just like done yeah it's just true it would just be a desert down there yeah It can happen like that. It can be that quick to be like, okay, and we're done. Thank you. I I, I think also like some men don't realize how easy it is for women. Even if you agree to just like have a one-time fling, Mm -hmm. you can be a gentleman for just like one night. Or maybe you could even be a dick, but just be like respectful. Yeah. A respectful dick (laughs) with a dick. Come to, you know. A respectful dick with a dick. It's so true. Like, sometimes girls, and I've been there, like, you just want something fun, too. It's not like we always want a relationship or we always oh, want right. something. Yeah. But it's like, that doesn't mean be an actual asshole who treats me like shit. Like, it's like, in order for this to work, even for a one-time thing, like, you still need to be fucking decent. Right. It's not yeah. that hard. And if it is that hard, then I want nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's true. Of course, we want sex like any man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never... I've been actually always been very open about it, even when I wasn't having sex yet, Mm -hmm. because luckily I had people like around me that accepted that and also did it. Mm -hmm. But you just have to be on the same level. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And oftentimes when (laughs) when men want to get laid, they don't feel that. They just like Mm -hmm. assume they just think that you're ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, send me a picture. No. That's the other thing that's frustrating when they just ask for pictures so soon. It's like, I don't know if I like you yet or know you yet enough to want to give you that part of me. You know, like, it's like, yeah, like, give it a minute and then I'll probably willingly on my own maybe even give it. But like, it's not fair that you could just get that when I'm like, okay, what am I getting out of this? And no, yep. that does not mean I want to take pic because I don't. <laughs> it means I just want like, God, just a little bit of conversation. And this, this is why like online dating is so hard because. Like, even when you said you have, like, 200 nopes for one yes, because at the end of the day, you're ju- you're judging someone's profile. 
And in the same way that like interviews cannot always be the best way to judge someone, like someone might be really good looking and really amazing and just be really bad at taking photos yeah. and just not be very photogenic. And then someone might be like really good at that stuff, but then have a personality like fucking ass. And then like it'd be no fun to talk to. So you swipe left on the person whose photos. Because at the end of the day, this isn't being shallow. Like you still need to be attracted to the person. Yeah. And everyone has their type and the different things that they're attracted to. But, like we're still judging off the photos that they happen to choose. And also some people are really bad at making profiles. So like maybe they didn't put their best foot forward and you don't know because you only have whatever they put to judge. Right. Yeah. Also, even beyond that, like sometimes you do end up matching with someone and you're talking. And some people are just really bad with like messaging, but they might be really great in person, but you won't know because you don't really want to, you don't want to meet someone in person who you're not having a connection with. Yeah. And then I've also had vice versa where I've talked to someone for weeks and it was like going really well in message. Like we had so much chemistry, everything was great. And then you meet in person and like it just doesn't vibe and you find out that they kind of like are better at messaging because like they can be more confident. And then you meet in person and you're like, it's not even just the whole oh, you don't look like your picture. Sometimes they do look like their picture. But like, you don't talk like you did in message. Like, I think some people are better at that. And then it just doesn't work. So that's why it's so hard because you're not always judging people off like what they're really like. But what do you do when everyone does it? Like, how are you supposed to meet people now? Yeah. And especially now. Yeah, like, especially during COVID. Especially yeah. during COVID. But even like, but even, even post-COVID. Yeah. When the majority of people meet through online dating, it's hard to have like a one-person protest where you're like, I'm not going to do it because it's like, but everyone else is doing it. So how are you supposed to meet someone? I find a fun way to do it when I did is like, if you're at an event or a party or something, have Tinder on, have your location on like the lowest. Oh, right. Yeah. And then you see people who might be there as well. And then you also know like, oh, wait, this person looks like that person. And then you at least know, okay, first of all, I know they're single. Second of all, I know that they're like looking, right? Because they're on Tinder. Like that's a fun way, but it's like so many extra steps. I don't know, but you have, you have an app called Happen. That does it for you. Oh, interesting. Actually, I'm going to the office tomorrow, so I could turn it on, I guess. But also, <laughs> um, uh, Tinder has, uh, because of COVID, has uh, made the option free to search globally. Normally, oh, you nice. have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, search globally. But then again, what's the point? Because you can't travel. And not- yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, actually, I meant to do that for Hawaii. When we were going to go? Yeah. Yeah. But that was, yeah, it's not going to happen now. Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um. So... What I did once was there was someone at the grocery store and he was smoking hot. Seriously. This I was the like, one you were working at? The store you worked at? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was I was working. So it's always awkward to like approach a client or a customer or whatever and just like start flirting with them unless there's like already kind of like eye contact or, mm-hmm. you know. It seems like something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So one time, this is years ago. There was this customer and he always came on the same day, around the same time after work. He was always alone. Mm -hmm. I could tell he was only buying stuff for himself, which meant he was single. Mm -hmm. And at some point, one of my colleagues tells me, you should just start talking to him about traveling. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So the next time he came in, I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And it was like around the time most people went on holiday, like it was like summer. Mm -hmm. And I just asked him, don't you like have to go on holiday or do do you have any plans? And Mm -hmm. he was like, "Uh, so nice of you to ask. And then we started talking about traveling, you know, in general. And he was like, you know, 
I would love to talk more about about this, but I really have to go now. So I'll talk to you, I don't know, tomorrow. So eventually we ended up exchanging numbers, which was fun. And then we had a date, which was also fun. It was just normal. We didn't even kiss. And then the next morning he texted me and he was like, well, I thought about this, but he already told me he was like planning and making moves to move to New Zealand. Okay. Like a year later, mm. like literally 12 months later. Yeah. So I was like, what is, what is the big deal about, you know, dating a little yeah. for like a year and then maybe we fall in love. Or even I, less, just see what yeah. happens. Yeah. So yeah, that unfortunately didn't work, but it's still fun. Oh, but it was so, it started out so cute. I was yeah, so excited. Yeah, me too. But um, And then another time I saw someone and he was also very hot. Mm. This was, I think, last summer. So it was like a year ago. And I knew he wasn't from around here because I know all the regulars. Mm -hmm. So I told a few people because that's me. Like whenever this happens, because we don't get a lot of like Mm -hmm. really hot customers. We just don't. Mm -hmm. So I literally run around the freaking store and be like, oh, my God, these hot guys. I just don't know where to like look. I don't know what to do. Help me. (laughs) I don't know what to do. And I'm so good. Like. help me and I'm like you know me like when I'm flirting I'm like I'm actually good at flirting but I have to have like Mm -hmm. an in you have to like have something in common that you can like comment on Mm -hmm. so anyway they were looking for for beer so I helped them and I was like oh fuck I should do something but I couldn't and then they were gone so what I did was I went on tinder I put it to you know the smallest uh distance yeah and I found him oh my god and then I obviously I liked him but then he didn't like me back and I was like no yeah I know but that was like fun yeah because that's more fun than Maybe. I mean, I feel like it'll eventually come around. I think eventually people are going to get sick of online dating for all the reasons we just said. I mean, it's still going to work for some people. Oh, yeah. But I think eventually so many people, because I've talked to so many girlfriends, especially who say that they hate it for that reason of like even connections that they make, that they think are going to work ultimately don't turn into anything. And it's not even that I was looking for a relationship, but maybe just like friends with benefits or just like dating casually and seeing what happens. Like, it's not like you're immediately like walking down the aisle, you know? Yeah. But it's like so early on, like they'll get distracted by all the other potential options they have in the palm of their hand that they don't even go on like a second date or in that one example I gave, they don't even finish the first date. Yeah, it's so strange. Yeah, and I'm sure like I firmly believe that with all the technology and everything happening virtually and I'm not talking about like video chats or anything that's mm-hmm. that is, that's gonna stay but I think people are gonna start looking to go back to before we had all of this technology yeah at least in a sense of like someone's personal life like you can you can already see like online people are making money offering technology free hikes or technology free I don't know uh weeks away or whatever or weekend mm-hmm. getaways you know uh, without yeah because your... it's so like a part of our lives yeah. that we want to break from it mm-hmm. yeah i do think it'll come around it's just a matter of when because the other thing that online dating has done for the past few years is that it's given you a little bit to know about someone before right so yeah. you know usually you know their age you know a little bit of what they look like you might know some of their interests true so like it gives you like at least a tiny bit of what they're like whereas if you just see someone at a bar or at a party 
party or the grocery store, you know nothing except for what they look like. Which is also why it is frustrating when people go, oh, it's so shallow to go after what people look like. It's like, well, you don't know anything else yet. That's literally the, yeah. the first and only thing you know at the beginning. And it's not being shallow. It's your personal taste, right? Because someone I might find attractive, you might not find attractive and so on and so on and so on. So it's just that you are attracted to them and then you talk to them and get to know them more and whatever. Like people don't walk around just stating their like likes and dislikes. <laughs> or have like something on their t-shirt says like, hi, I'm Kelly. I am. Exactly. Yeah. The closest thing to it, which can actually sometimes be a reason to start a conversation is that they're wearing like a t-shirt of like a band or a movie or a TV show, like some sort of pop culture thing that you might get and might also yep. like. And then through that, you can talk about it and hoping that they actually legitimately like watch that thing or whatever and it isn't just like oh I thought the yeah, t-shirt was don't cool. just wear it yeah yeah because like that can happen and they're like oh wait this is a movie I didn't realize Star Wars was a thing I just like the shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like after COVID I'm probably gonna try I don't know how but maybe because I'm not like a clubbing person I don't mm-hmm. enjoy going to clubs but I do enjoy also that's not usually where like relationships come no, out true. <laughs> like maybe a one night stand where you're not gonna get like no true a long term mm-hmm. boyfriend out of a club experience but probably. I feel like going to like a bar with a few friends and just being like relaxed. Yeah. And then maybe like you see someone and then you have a conversation and if you're like, okay, this is not for me, but you know, might be the other way around. It might be like, hey, this guy's cute and you exchange numbers and you don't, yeah. Stuff like that or like even doing things outside of work. Or just hobby or... I think you do kickboxing, right? Yeah, Yeah, I did. Hobbies and stuff and hope you meet someone through that or, I mean, it's just, it's all, there's no real answer to it. Yeah. It is eight hours ahead, eight or nine hours ahead. Uh, nine, Where yeah, nine, nine hours ahead. You have to wake up early, so I guess it's time to wrap it up. We've talked about so many things, though. So I know it was a good <laughs> one though, because I felt like yeah. how how were we gonna start this, and then eventually it just like worked. I know because we kind of just wanted it to be like natural, like let's just see where the conversation takes us, and it kind of just you know naturally covered a lot. So I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It was so much fun. Thank I you can't for wait having for the me. Next- we're so polite all of a sudden <laughs> after saying like just be a dick with a good dick or whatever <laughs> um, no it's like thank you so much for having me on so nice i am a really nice person i'm very cute and very well behaved and i would never do anything that is not acceptable the best is looking at your face right now as you're saying all this <laughs> but let's do another one of these the time difference obviously makes it a little hard but we'll figure it out yeah we'll figure it out i mean we figured it out now so. yeah exactly it can happen again but thanks for coming on killing i really enjoyed it i'm excited for the next one bye bye let's talk about it 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 now